Good morning, Australia and company. Because we're including New Zealand and Tasmania. I think that's part of Australia, but we're doing that anyway. It's kind of its own thing. It's its own little, uh, it's its own island. It's like a smaller version of Australia within itself. But we got Lawson here on the show. Mm-hmm. His shell is on the show as mm-hmm. well. You can't hear her, but she's here making things happen. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a, there's controversy. Controversy about Tasmania. That's the controversy. You've, like you created the controversy. I did it right now. Like I know it's I know it's part of Australia, but like it's also more. No, let's let's it's double more. down. Let's double down. If Tasmania is part of the, of Australia, then Antarctica should be as well. Because uh, they're no. both as disconnected from Australia as each other. So <laughs> you know, I I'm gonna put my I, I, foot I, in your mouth I'm gonna I'm always the one who makes these outrageous claims about places it's true and uh, attacks the people there so yeah no uh, Tasmania people from Tassie um, get on you for living in a weird place that's not part of Australia um I just want to say I'm, I'm heading to Tasmania uh, in a couple of weeks and I oh man not, overseas trip I do not agree with the <laughs> I do not consent with the views of this show <laughs> or with of the loss of views. my yeah uh, no, Tasmania sounds super cool. I'm excited, man. Yeah, I, no, Tasmania. It used to beautiful. be called like Van Diemen's Land or something like that. Yeah, it's a little scary. It still is. I know. Well, okay, but but it's also because the Tasmania. people live there. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. I think it's his last name. What? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It's Van Diemen's. It's just. Well, did you know when settlers arrived to Australia? Not settlers. The initial explorers. Yeah. They're looking around the place. They're looking at the Australian. The Australian outback and uh, the different landscapes. Their conclusion was, Australia is evidence of the curse of sin on this world. Really? They said that? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. It's pretty pretty. I thought they would have arrived and been like, ah, Australia. No, they were very English. They were were very British people. Fair enough. They weren't in that lane yet. That's some years to come. Coming up on Faith FM, it's a crazy story about children who have parents who are Japanese and Australian. And essentially, they have been, I think it's 82 children have been abducted, gone back to Japan, and their parents in Australia can't see them anymore. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Good morning again on The Breakfast Show. Thank you so much for listening and joining us. This is Blake and Lawson live in the studio where we are live on 17 different... Oh, no, not 17. I'm sorry. 117 different stations uh, that are playing all over Australia, and you're a part of it. You're listening to it, and we are happy that you are on board. If you can, please text me at 0491-064-669 and just let us know where you're listening from this morning. It's just always a beautiful thing Mm. to hear our listeners from all different parts of the country. And I just want to do a little shout-out this morning from a little place that I like to call, I just drove through, Maxville. Oh, yeah. It's the Ville of Max. So... Uh, it's a pretty wild thing over there at 88.0, listening to it on Faith FM. We also have our good friends up in Adari, Adair, Adar, Queensland, not sure. Queensland. No, okay, I need, to, I need to stop attacking where people live. You I really need, do. I You're love, I love, you know, friends. you have a claim to being Australian 
and I love that you're Australian. So, <laughs> okay. And uh, this, we're also gonna shout out this little place that I like to call Possum Bay. Oh, or Opossum Bay in Tasmania. It's possum. Is it possum? Because mm-hmm. I got an O on the front of it. Oh, we, possum. We've had this discussion I know. on Faith FM before. I know. I was thinking about that as well too. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It's been a while yeah. since we mentioned that. But is it opossum or possum? It's possum. Okay, we we have had this before. I'm I'm gonna stick with opossum. Good eye, opossum. That, that is your right. Uh, <laughs> but if you lose your job, nah, 87, 87. Imagine, imagine if they they the opossum. I mean, the possum people kicked up such an uproar that you got for discriminatory actions. That's towards right. You got cancelled mm. for for naming them the wrong name, dude. Like. Res- <laughs> that actually we're making this story up yeah like that actually does happen that, that kind of takes, you, takes place when in you some settings don't call people by the name that they want to be called it can get you, you will lose your job so i just want to shout out to all the little cute marsupials uh in australia hey is it i don't know if it's opossum or possum that's fine either way we've gone over this before but i'll call you whatever you want you tell me and what shout out janelle from chambers Flats. In Chambers Brisbane. Flats. Yeah. Ooh. Out in out in Brisbane. Okay, I do love Brisbane. Okay. What? So now, okay. I do. You, you've just like thrown every other place under the bus. You're not even counting Tasmania as a real place as part of Australia. I do. But you I love do, Brisbane. I do love Brisbane. Yeah, I think Brisbane's great. <sighs> Ridiculous. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith of M. We didn't really get to talk about what we're grateful for. Okay, and well, I was grateful that I got to hang out with you last night. Oh, that was wild! I got to I got to see you, and I was hanging I was, out. With, I was kind of running away, but you caught me. Yeah, and that's I right, and I couldn't, I couldn't escape. Couldn't escape. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but you know, I was hanging out with you and a bit of a bit of a crew there. Shout out Brazilian people, and then <laughs> shout out Brazilian people and, everywhere. And then uh, and then I'm like sitting there talking with those guys, and then I'm like, oh sweet, I have to go and sing right now, and I went and sang in a choir. And the Brazilians were confused. Yeah, they were like, like, wait, "Wait, where did he go? No, they didn't say that. They were like, is Lawson up singing? And then I was like, yeah, he went off to go and sing. And then they were like, how did he get to the stage so quickly? Because I'm a a gun. It's very, very sneaky. That's right. I just just snuck right up there. Also, it was a cute little set. It was down at Avondale. They had what's called the Festival of Faith, or everyone calls it Foth. Yeah. Foth, not Foth. Yeah, Foth. Foth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Festival of Faith. Fof. So yeah. I was hanging out at Fof. I did like a cute little set, and I'm sharing a little bit today. A as cute well. little set. Yeah, you know, I just played my guitar and did some singing. Yeah, nice. It's cool. And then I sang in the choir as well. So I did see that. So good times. I've been a little bit distracted by that, and I haven't been getting all the study that I need to in. But such is life. There, you know? I will say the choir was pretty cool. It was awesome. Yeah. You shout out. Check it out. One of my classmates is is running that. She's doing such a fantastic job. But hey, you're listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM. Man, we've got another person writing in from Brisbane. Shout out Tracy from Gaythorn, Brisbane. Amazing, mm. dude. All these Brisbane people. <laughs> well, they feel safe. They feel safe to talk here because uh, yeah, I like Brisbane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you're not creating a safe space. The here. Tasmanian people are like, oh, I don't want to write in where I'm from because hey, then write into me. Yeah, okay, write text in. me. Look, I promise. I promise I won't have a go at you. <laughs> I hope. Anyways, wow. You're listening to the breakfast show. I read this story this morning 
about get this, Blake. I'm ready. Imagine. It's gotten. It's already been gotten. Okay, so you, you participated in a high school Wait, story. before you do the story, do you want to do the quiz? Of we have, course. We haven't of done course. The, we haven't done What the quiz creature yet. am I? Ben and I, the son of Jehoiada, killed one of these on a snowy day. So it was snowing. Oh. And Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada. One of my favorite stories. Killed one of these things. So if you know what creature he killed, 0491-064-669. And this is actually a little bit similar to the story I'm about to read. Okay. All I know is this man was a mighty man of valor. Amen. That's all I want to say. 0491-064-669. Of course, you'll go into the draw for 500, with 500 points. For the Snake Bites and Shipwrecks board game, which we are drawing at the end of this week. Tomorrow. I'm so glad that in the Ten Commandments it says, Thou shalt not steal. Because mm-hmm. I would steal this if that wasn't written down. The Shipwrecks and uh, the Snake Bites and Shipwrecks game. Yeah. But thankfully, we have the Ten Commandments and part of them it says, Thou shalt not steal. So because of that, I've said, You know what? I'm not going to steal this. I'm not going to steal it. Yeah. So yeah. shout We're out to the Commandments. To you guys. Yeah. We're going to give it away instead. But uh, the temptation was there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I said no. <laughs> but the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Amen. And it touched your heart. And you're like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> not on my watch. Praise God. Hey, so a story, interesting story here. You and some buddies, you're walking in a forest, right? This is, a, this is basically uh, a daily event on my way to school as a child. Okay, so <laughs> these are a bunch of young people in the United States in Wyoming. We've been talking a little bit about Wyoming. We have been. And that was yesterday on the news. Pretty wild. Yeah, stuff happening in Wyoming. So these these guys, these teenagers, they're walking there. You participated in some high school sports in the States, right? Absolutely. Played football, played basketball, played baseball. Did did you wrestle? Not, no. Not competitively. Not like for the school sport. I did. I mean, I was a dude in high school. Wrestled with a bunch of dudes. But like, I'm not... Not for the not for the high school team, no. So basically, you've got these boys running, walking through the woods, and then two of them split off. Brady and Kendall, they're they're you know walking through the woods, and they walking down, and and Brady says to Kendall, "Hey, hey, watch out! Don't step in." There's a bit of bit of bear droppings. He's like, "Hey, watch out for that!" And then all of a sudden, this five hundred pound grizzly bear. Nope. Jumps out of the woods and tackles Brady to the ground mm-hmm. while saying to Kendall, "Don't step in that." In that, <laughs> don't step in the. And then just gets taken out. <laughs> so then the bears on top of Brady, like yep. swatting him, and and Kendall standing there, like, "What do I do now?" Does it say five hundred pounds? Yeah. Well, it was a female grizzly bear, which you know they grew up to five hundred pounds. Oh, they so grow bigger than that. So yeah, well, this is a this is a five hundred pound okay. female grizzly bear. It's a big one. Brady is or Kendall. Brady's getting swatted by the grizzly bear. Kendall's standing there. He's like, "What do I do?" But he is an NJCAA wrestler really? for his high school. So okay, he's, incre- the, the he's legit. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's a high around. level high school wrestler yeah, yeah. competing. You know, within state competition, and he goes, "Well, better better show them my moves." <laughs> And Oi jumps on the back of this bear. Wow. J- runs up and jumps on the back of this bear and yanks it off. Dude, and the, those wrestlers, they can do like those power yanks. Yeah, like, so just like, whoop. didn't flip the bear over, but yanked it Body off, slam. you know, got in its stance, yanked it off 
Brady. Amen. So now Kendall is like, I gotta get out of here. Bro, and starts, bro, bro. I'm loving this story. This is amazing. He turns around and he starts running and he's, he's taking off. And the bear turns like bears can sprint at like thirty miles Bro, per hour. Bro, you can't outrun a bear. Yeah, absolutely. I personally know this. You don't don't be running. You, no, bears yeah, yeah. are faster than any human life. So even Usain Bolt. So he turns around, goes to take off, and the bear just body slams him. Okay, gets on top of him and just starts whacking this yeah. dude across the face. Yeah, usually your whole face falls off at that point. But yeah. now Kendall is like, well, what do I do? So Kendall's not the wrestler. No, no, sorry, sorry. Kendall's on the ground. He's the wrestler. Brady, who was who had the bear on top of him, he's like, "What do I do now?" Brady is like, "Okay, try." He he tries to help Kendall, but then the bear's like getting him. So he's like, "Okay, I just need to call my other friends, call nine one one, like get someone in here because there's nothing. I can't take out this bear. Like all it's gonna do should join the wrestling is, team. Yeah, that's right. I can't do this. So calls calls nine one one, and the bear eventually gives up because Kendall goes limp. Like Kendall." Gets like KO'd Ouch. and goes goes limp there, yeah. but he survives. Okay. So it's all good. <laughs> Call, so calls nine one one, calls the friends over, and they pick up Kendall, drag him out of the woods, and they both end up in hospital. Brady had a broken arm. Kendall's like got his face all like messed up. That you know? happens because those bear, big bear claws. Big bear claws. Was it a grizzly? It was a grizzly, bro. Grizzly, dang, dang. Okay, but um, yeah, like I'll get you. They survived. And this is why it's so important to be peak, like, prominent physical specimen yeah. of a man. Like, get out there, protect the people. And an NCJAA wrestler. That's that's the level that are in here. But I just think this is an amazing story of a friend saving a friend and them both getting out of it. And I, I, was, I was impressed. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Now, you know a lot more about Japanese things than I do. Sure. Okay. Um, so, I'm not understanding how this whole process works, but essentially, there was a report done on the Sydney Morning Herald, or an investigation, the age of Sydney Morning Herald, and 60 Minutes, which has revealed that since 2004, so, when were you born? Way 98. Before. Yeah, 98. That's right. You're you're Mullen's age. That's right. Okay. So since you were like a little kid, since you were eight years old, right? Mm-hmm. Since that time, 82 Australian children have been snatched, abducted, or otherwise taken into sole custody by a Japanese parent who has then refused their former partner visitation or other contact rights. That is a number officially recognized by the Australian government, and some believe the real number, the true number, is much higher. Now, mm. Japan has actually... Oh, really? Okay, we're getting a little... Get a little uh, side note here from producer Shell that some people couldn't hear that because of a, an audio issue, but we're back on, and we're, telling, we're talking about a story about Japanese... The Japanese government who is turning a blind eye to the international pleas of several countries, including mm. Australia... Australia that since 2004, 82 children have been abducted from or otherwise denied access to a parent of foreign nationality. So essentially, a Japanese parent will take their child back to Japan and then 
the Australian parent will no longer have access of any kind because of the way that the law is written in Japan. Mm. So the civil law is written that once one parent takes custody and it is granted by the court, mm. the other parent does no not long no longer have custody of the child. And of course, in that situation, like the the Japanese government is obviously going to grant custody the to the Japanese national. 100%. Like the Japanese government is is and then. For you as a international, right? Like non, let's say non-Japanese, person, non-Japanese, right? You then have no access, and there's nothing, you and can there's do. nothing you can do. And because the international law, well, basically, there's been a cry for Interpol to mm. inter to intervene. Mm. So it's, but also this is not a uniquely Australian problem. It says as well too that French authorities have identified mm. more than a hundred. Similarly abducted children. The United States counts 475. And so the personal cost of both children and parents affected is understandably very, very high. Uh, But the Japanese government is reluctant to intervene, hiding behind what they call a smokescreen that separations are, quote, private matters and that its distinctive sole custody system is designed to protect those parents fleeing abusive relationships. So Mm -hmm. under the, you know, Guys are under the the claim of an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. They come back to Japan with the children. Everyone, what the claim is, now they're safe away from that parent. It's a crazy story to me because, you know, I know a lot of people who have separations. I know a lot of people mm. who have, you know, dealt with uh, custody issues and custody battles. And it's a really, it's honestly a very sad thing to see this take place. But essentially when one... One parent makes the decision that the other parent mm. can't see their children. Now, and this has happened. I have a friend in in California whose like ex partner basically won't let him see his kids. Mm. Uh, but but the court system has made it possible. So mm. she doesn't want him to, but the court system has made it possible. And just to hear this story in Japan, it's a crazy thing. Like I don't know what can be done about it. Like it's mm-hmm. a it's an investigation that has been taking place for a while, and the the civil code gives these parents the what they call the quote parental authority, and the Australian parent, whether it be a mom or a dad, basically no longer gets to see their kids anymore. Mm. It's it's wild. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Lawson? Well, essentially, it it is a case in which the legal system. Definitely favors the national. Yeah. Uh, in in Australia, we have safeguards against that, and I think that that's just what simply needs to take place here. Is it, uh, Japan needs to take stay, uh, steps legislatively to allow <laughs> to allow a fair trial to take place. Well, the United Nations rights. Human Rights Committee they're they're saying Japan, you need to do something about this. But they haven't even responded since 2019. They're just like, no, we're not going to respond to these like reports. That's, that's kind of very Japanese, really. In 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 some ways, not not that they're terrible people, but in some ways they're just like. There's a part of them that is connected with the rest of the world, but there's a part of Japan they have this flair of, you know, kind of isolation to them. Uh, just in just in policy and and law and. And particularly like media and copyright and all those kinds of things. Japan's like, look, we're doing our own, our own thing. Like, we don't we don't care what you think. Like, right. Where versus a lot of other Asian countries who are really keen to get on board with the rest of the world. Like in terms of East Asia. Like particularly, I look at somewhere like South Korea. 
okay. which usually takes those steps to be really in harmony with international law and international right. media and that kind of stuff. Japan is kind of walking this game of like, yes, we're connected, but also we're well, not. We're historically, just... they basically chopped everyone's head off who was a foreign, like a foreigner mm. until uh, the end of imperialism. That's right. So, and, and even that's pretty wild. Like you show pre- up and it, but that, that imperialism existed. It was, it was an isolationist imperialism right. that took place where they just cut off all trade to the rest of the world. So there is this spirit in Japan of like, oh, but we can make our own laws. We can do whatever we want. Why would you yeah. tell us what to do? But I think that, you know, as we step more and more into a modern era, they, they, they tend to get better and respond. But it doesn't surprise me that they've just gone, they've just blown it off. It really, it really breaks my heart for the parents here in Australia who are not able to see their children. And I just want to say, you know, to those parents... Mm. Uh, and if you know, if maybe you're a listener right now, if you know someone who is unable to see their kids, uh, take some time and pray for them today because children bring such a joy to mm. our lives as parents. Mm. And we want to give that opportunity for them as well, too. The- you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Morning again, right here on the Breakfast Show. Apparently, we had some tech Nick, all difficulties. That was my little robot voice. I don't know if that worked out or not. It did not. Producer Shell is very angry at me right now for <laughs> making that noise. And I do apologize to all of our listeners. But apparently some sort of software issue happened. We went off the air. Yeah. We were talking about... The hamster stopped running <laughs> in the generator. You know? Run! Run again! Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, we replaced the energy it. Went down. It's, all, yeah. it's all good now. Yeah. We gave the other ham- hamster a rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We let it, we let it have a have a Sabbath. But there is a there is a problem. Mm-hmm. There is a possibility that maybe some people didn't get the clue. Mm. So maybe read the maybe, maybe maybe read the clue before, but also this one as well too. All right. So we have two clues right now. Double clue. When the creature turned on David, he seized it by its hair and killed it, which is wild. So it's got. So it's not a lizard. No, it is not. And then the next one here. Samson tore one of these apart with his bare hands and later found honey in it. Ooh. That is gross. <laughs> that is gross because we know that he goes on to eat that honey. Yeah. And defeat it to his parents. It ends up killing a bunch of dudes and, as well, too. And that is a one-way ticket to a disease. So don't, don't, don't <laughs> eat honey Inside the carcass. Carcasses of animals that of you a, kill. Of a dead animal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number. That is like extra not vegan. You know how like honey is kind of on the edge of like veganism? And <laughs> this honey is from a carcass of an animal that you killed. That is definitely not vegan. If you know what animal honey. If you know what animal this is, 0491-064-669. That's the number to call or text. Okay, Lawson, here's some crazy stories, mm-hmm. right? So, some craziness. We're just, it's just me and you today. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just kind of want to go down old memory lane and talk about the time when you went to Ethiopia and almost got married. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you weren't ready for this at all, were you? No. Yeah. Um, so, no, wild times. Not. So, and maybe I, and I want this to be like a platform to launch into. 
some stories about some of the mission work that yeah. we have done. Okay, That's so I just yeah. came back from Finland and it was mm-hmm. fun. It was cold, much colder than Ethiopia probably ever has been. Mm-hmm. It's probably colder than Ethiopia. No, Ethiopia is high altitude. Oh, is it? Yeah, in the winter. I don't know how cold it gets, but it, it, I think there's a part of Ethiopia that would definitely snow. Okay, yeah, probably. I could, I could feel the vibes for that, for sure. Okay, it's landlocked high altitude. Walk me through... Just for our listeners here, this has been a while now. This what mm-hmm. was two years ago that you did this? 2019, so four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. This guy's in Ethiopia. Now, this is before we have the technology to broadcast from Ethiopia live. Well, I think the technology was there. We were thinking about doing it, but it was before Ethiopia had the technology to support a live broadcast. Like, we had 3G over there. Okay, got it. Well, that's better than uh, no G. Yeah. Or OG. Or like just the telephone line. Yeah, that's yeah. OG. But we... OG is just where you, it would, you plug in and goes... It would... Oh, yeah. That's dial up. Yeah. yeah. It would take us like three hours to upload a 100 megabyte clip. Yeah. Okay. That's which not going to work. insane. No, that's not going to yeah, work. Which is I'm, I'm watching the megabytes... Insane. Click buy here on the screen way faster than that. Here's the thought, though. So you were in Ethiopia for how long? What was that journey? Not not the journey to get there, but like what? Two and a half weeks. So you're there for two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. And what were you doing again? I was over there preaching. Right. And it was Lyle as well, too. Yeah, Lyle. It was a whole team. It was a whole team. We went over. There was an initiative from the conference there called TMI, which wasn't too much information. Rather, (laughs) well, we were giving out information. Right. But not too much. Not too much. No, Just it was enough. total member involvement. Yes. And they ran a series of what they call evangelistic series, which is essentially lots of people preaching through the doctrines of the Bible all over Ethiopia. And me and my crew were in the city of Hwasa, which Hwasa. is the second biggest city in Ethiopia. Wow. Okay. So it's essentially like the Melbourne of Ethiopia. Right. There was this big lake there. I forget what the lake was called, but it was kind of like the defining feature of Hawassa, this massive lake. And they did a baptism in the lake, and hippos were there. Bro, that's so scary. That hippos are the so, number one killer in Africa. That is so scary. I know. I was there, and they I kill you was, more than crocs or sharks I was like, or turtles. What is going on? And they're like, "Oh, well, if the hippo comes over, then we'll get out of the water." I'm like, "Are you crazy? <laughs> are you insane?" But actually, that just shows the level of commitment that these people were willing Absolutely. to commit to. Right? So, yeah, actually, story, when we went, I flew with Qantas. Okay. Last time I'll ever fly with Qantas. Wow. Because I used to love Qantas. Because Qantas, Qantas got picked up by Emirates in, like, 2013, 2014, and became Emirates, like, Boutique. Australian branch. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. But then it was like a boutique high-end version. Ooh. And so all the Emirates, all the all the like the the planes for Qantas were beautiful. The food was Quant- for Qantas was amazing. Like okay. it was so good. But by the time I flew with them in 2019, and this is pre-COVID too, but they just stripped Qantas of all its like unique food and everything, and it just had Emirates. It was it was like actually just Emirates, but worse. So. Bummer. But the worst thing about it was but that Emirates is nice. Yeah, but it was so it was worse than Emirates. Before it was like better than Emirates, which is like so it was legit. Okay. But then they made they went from boutique Emirates to like 
budget Emirates, basically. So bougie Emirates to budget Emirates. That's right. Okay. So, but the actual worst part was that my flight got delayed by seven hours. Oh, nice. And so I missed my connection to Singa- from Singapore to Ethiopia. Yoinks. So I was going Australia, Singapore, Ethiopia. Missed that connection. They were like, you know what we'll do? We'll take you to England. And so they took me to England and then to Ethiopia. So my total flight time was 60 hours, which is insane. And we rock up there. I just did a 48-hour one, and that's insane. Yeah. 60 hours? 60 hours. No. That's so insane. It was crazy. Okay. But we we ended up in Ethiopia eventually. I missed my first night of preaching. We arrive in Ethiopia in Hawassa at like 5 p.m., I go to my room, get in the shower, shower off, get in the car, and get yeah, that in. That was a 60 hour shower. After, that was a much needed shower. After, after 60 hours of flying, get in, have a shower, come out of the shower, get in the car, go and preach. Wow. Just, just straight up. I preached my first night at this kind of church plant. There was like 100 people there. It was cool. Yeah. And then after that, I preached every night at this regional church with around 700 people. Maybe when you were a little more rested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah they, I did. I did. They the probably saw you off, get off the plane, going, "This when, guy can't handle seven hundred people." Yeah, that's right. right. Now. <laughs> like, and then uh, his eyes open, dude. It was awesome. I, I preached every night, and I think it was cool. Like every, we were making appeals to baptism. People were coming up. It was really, really amazing. That's um, exciting. But I think for me, one of the coolest moments was we were there preaching, and what was really booming in Ethiopia at the time was the prosperity gospel. Because Ethiopia at the time was the fastest growing economy in the world. So a lot of people were like living the Ethiopian dream. Right. You know, getting rich quick. And it's not like that right now. It's no, well, because the civil war heated up after we left and really all that money. Now the civil war's finally ended. Okay. Which is which is good. It was like a war between like socialism and that kind of stuff, which is terrible. But uh while we were there, yeah <laughs> the business was booming. Booming business. And so the prosperity gospel was rife and they heard that we were running these meetings all over the city. And so they ran counter meetings where like they'd play music while we we're preaching to get people to go to their meetings instead. And to get, to give our listeners an understanding when you're talking about the prosperity gospel, you're basically talking about a, a, a type of Christianity mm. that essentially says, Hey, you give us $10,000 and God's going to give you a million. Yeah. Essentially. Right. Well, in Ethiopia it was, and we talked to some of these guys, it was, hey, yeah, we baptize people for 50 bucks. Uh, give us 50, we'll baptize them. No. And, and they'll get rich. No. Like, that was their deal. Straight up. And, th- and that, that's what they were trying to call people to. Now, no. I was I was in this church. You should never have to pay for baptism. Absolutely. It's free, but it will cost you everything. Yeah, it will cost your life, but to God, not to man. Yeah. Um. Now, I was at this church on the outskirts of Hawassa. It was like a regional church where people would come from all over to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there had been a group of people who had split off from that church and started their own prosperity gospel church. So they rejected the truth, rejected the biblical message of you know repentance and righteousness, and had gone, we just want to make money from church. You want to make that and cash. And while I was preaching, we could hear them like playing music, trying to hype people to come out of our meetings to go there. Now, the advantage was the, is that they had an international preacher being me, which always attracts people. Um, not that I'm famous, but I'm white. And that's just, you know. And, d- you, and they just wanted to come and be like, who is this? Who is this guy, you know? Like the curiosity. Of I it. was like 20 at the time, which is something in, in Ethiopia isn't common. Like their all their pastors are a bit older. And I'm preaching. And it was, it was interesting for people. But the most powerful night while, while I was there 
I preached this sermon. I, f- I forget what the topic was, but I got up to preach. And I said, you know, I've been hearing about all these other meetings running around the city and about all these people who are offering. They're saying, if you give them money, they'll baptize you and, and you'll become rich. Uh, and, and, you know, you'll follow God that way. But I want to tell you that I paid to be here. No one paid me to come over. No one's footing the bill. I'm, you know, you know, you might think I'm an international speaker. I am a poor student. I emptied my bank account to come here and to preach the gospel to you guys, to preach the message of repentance that Jesus is the one who gave it all. So now he's calling you to, to not, to not pay preachers money, but to give your life and repentance to him. That is what Jesus is requiring. Now, that night that I preached it, and then I, I preached afterwards, and it was a powerful sermon. That night that I preached, like a group of people had come from the Prosperity Gospel Church, like the leaders, to come and hear me preach because they hadn't come so far. And they, right. they, they rocked up and they were like, oh, let's see what this guy is about, you know, because they're running all these counter meetings. They come, they all decided to repent and get rebaptized. Wow. And to, to like let go of the prosperity gospel and the church they had set up and to rejoin the Adventist church there and accept, you know, the message of, of truth. Did they give the $50 back to the people? I look, I, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> that, don't know the details. I, I don't know the details. Um, I also know like, yeah, in, in my meetings over the, the two weeks that I preach, um, 65 people ended up getting baptized. That's cool. Which was, That's so cool. Which Praise was, the Lord. Which was amazing. And yeah, including those people who repented mm-hmm. and and decided to come back. And I've never preached so boldly. And I think maybe that's why, because it's like, I've never seen something like that happen in Australia. But maybe it's because I don't preach as boldly here. You know, when you're coming as international, you don't have to deal with the problems of the church that come after. And But if anything, I think that's why... It's like international preachers are good because they can come and speak From to both them. ways. Yeah. Like an Ethiopian coming here, I, yeah. I promise you people would be like, would oh, be, I want to go see that. It would be interesting. powerful. And that's the cross-cultural phenomenon of that. But yeah, I think also just for me personally, it really started in me a love to, to preach, to speak. You know, at that time I'd already been on radio and working for church. I was working with you at the time at RTM, but that kind of just solidified me and led me in my calling and, I was really blessed. So, hey, maybe you're thinking, hey, I want to be involved in international mission. Be bold. I would totally suggest doing something short-term and maybe if you're further called long-term as well, just just getting over there and getting it done. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.